What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 145 of Little Root Lessons. As always, I'm your host, Carter Noble, joined by our fantastic co-host, Carl Wilkin. Sup, dude? I'm a little under the weather. That's what's up. Well, you'll be fine. I Suck got, it up, buttercup. I got cough drops <laughs> and water and... Yeah. Dude, I, I feel you. It, when it's rough, it is terrible. Like, and I, I... I'm not miserable. It's just uncomfortable. Yep, I don't I have any it. of the sinus stuff. I don't have a cough. I just my tonsils feel like they're baseballs inside of my throat. It's fine. Yep. Um, but that's not why we're here today. We got updated VGC rules. Yes, yes, we did. We're gonna answer some questions that people have asked about said VGC rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna explain all of that the best we can. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about our own events probably going forward. Because this impacts us, too. Like, we do little grassroots events, and this is impactful to what we do. Yep, for sure. And the first YouTube short for the video went live as of recording today, which would be Friday. And it's doing really well. So we're probably going to probably talk more about that in a little bit and what our future for that is. And answer the uh, previous Guess That Mystery Mon question. And, of course, you know, I have, uh, have another one for this week as well. So, yep. I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun episode. Got a nice little rundown there. I also have to gather up your team sheet for Team of the Week. I have to go find that. <laughs> I don't even remember what I played. Uh, Don Dozo. The, <laughs> yes! The yes, Dozo. Yes, yes. The big I played the Bozo. Don. Uh, here you go. I got it. I found it. All right, cool. Glad I could help. <laughs> um, so where do we where do we want to start? Uh, let's start with the new rules because that's going to be a big thing today. For sure, for sure. Um, we also we also have some questions from the the community that they want answered related to this. So we'll we'll talk about this and then we'll get into some of those questions and they they may get answered in like our discussion about this as well. So yeah. which. I, th- I think it'll. I think this is gonna. I think all the changes are good. I will come out and say that now. Mm-hmm. I am not mad about any of the changes. I know there's some people who are very upset. Well, that's that's any change ever. More so with this than normal, but we'll get to those when we get to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the big elephant of the room is they opened up uh, team sheets essentially for yes. So the the big thing about this is uh, moving forward, Pokemon is going to have for their competitive play uh, is going to be open team sheets for uh, for players. Which what that means is your the contents of the team sheet. As listed in the the official like VG rules here, um, you're gonna have Pokemon species, including whether it's a regional variant or not, uh, and such as like different forms, including like Rotom washes, like Rotom forms are included in that, um, in like your restricted formats that includes like your Zygarde percents, like your your Zygarde forms, your Calyrex forms, stuff like that. Those are included in what is considered an open team sheet. Um, Let's see, that's also going to include, um, like, Gorgeist, Oricorio, Toxtricity as well. Just, you know, just anything that can have a form 
and have it make any kind of difference is going to be listed there. Yep. Um, the gender of a Pokemon affects any battle stats. It'll also be listed, but... So that's, that's just stuff like Ndidi and Meowstic. Again, just stuff that actually makes it, like, makes an impact. Um, let's see. The ability of said Pokemon, held items, all known moves, your Terra type, your level... Uh, which will be the actual level of the Pokemon, which again will not make a difference. Like these, are, this is all so far normal things that you would submit on a team sheet previously yeah, is, to pre-pandemic. This is, this is the list of things that are going to be submitted to the tournament organizer when the tournament starts. Yeah, it's going to have the Pokemon, the the ability, held items, moves, Terra type, level. And like your stats, stats themselves, not not EVs, the stats of yeah. that level. Correct. Yeah. That's a big thing you got to remember to do. I know uh, when we not, when I went to Indy, there was no like team sheet. You did it all through RK9. There was no paper team sheet thing anymore. Like we like yes, we did in Collinsville. That... RK9 correct, correct. automated that all, so you just do it on there. I'm not sure if that's how this is going to work again going forward. Most likely. Uh, just going off of like what Limitless has when they do these open, uh, open team sheet events, is you get the six Pokemon on the opposing side, their items, and their moves. I'm I don't remember if Terra type is included in that in the one tournament they ran last um, week, right? I think they included Terra types for theirs. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, so I am looking at the results from. Uh, the VGC 2013 Limitless Series 1 tournament that they ran last week. This, this is the tournament from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Pokemon, Item, Ability, 4 Attacks, and Terra Type. Okay. But their Terra Type, like, okay, so this one in particular has the Terra Type on every Pokemon except for their Goldango, which I don't know why. Uh, that's because Goldango's primary type is Steel. When the Terra type uh, is unchanged, the primary it's type it doesn't same. list it usually. Interesting. It's here on Garchomp because but Tatsugari doesn't have one, so I'm assuming that means Tatsugari Garchomp... is water. Okay, so because Garchomp is Dragon Ground, correct? It's okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, so I'm assuming this is going to be the information that people are going to have on their team sheets. I'm hoping that they they just uh, do go ahead and clarify that you know these dual type Pokemon that have potentially multiple like Terra types of accessible to them, uh, it does specify that. Yeah, that, that's I, I the would hope. assume just... that that's the case that you are required to list the Terra type of every Pokemon and it'll yep. just be there on this sheet for everyone. Um, yep, that's the hope and most likely what will be the case because seeing how we had to record the information anyway when we like submit team exactly. team sheets uh it, it's not like that's that's not information you're withholding yeah so um cuz the way it's the reason limitless works that way is because that's the way pokey paste works got it because pokey paste won't let you like if you submit the primary type as your type it. it doesn't yeah. pop up didn't even think about it like so that, but yeah, that's smart. That's how you infer that, oh, the primary type is the Terra type. It's Terra, for Murkrow, Terra Dark. Um, got it, got it, got it. For Goldango, Terra Steel, Garchomp, Terra Dragon, so on and so forth. 
Interesting. But I expect that to be, uh, I expect it to be more so put your terror types, regardless of primary, secondary, tertiary, whatever type on there. That way the information is clear, concise across the board. Oh, dude, I'm looking at, uh, like some of these results from last week. Third place had Misty Terrain Grimmsnarl, and I'm kind of for it. <laughs> That's kind of actually smart, right? Like, I don't want to well, get status, so I'm going to just click Misty Terrain. They're playing it next to Mudsdale and Annihilate and Palafin. So, like, none of those want to get burned. Exactly. <laughs> this is really sick tech. That's, I'm a fan of that. Smart. I don't know if it got Misty Terrain before Previously? I don't know I, if that's a thing. I don't know. I wouldn't. I would think if it did, it would have seen play before now. Right? Is there any cool two seconds. unburdened strats we can do with that? That'd be kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Grimmsnarl did not get access to Misty Terrain before this generation. Well, that's neat. That's pretty. That's neat. really. That's some really cool tech. Well, now the world knows about it, and the world will always know about it because open team sheets are the future. So now we can play Grimmsnarl plus Driftblim, trigger your Unburden, set Tailwind, and then you just have like this super passive lead. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I, I do like the Misty Terrain to stop my burns. That's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Also reduce dragon damage. That's kind of cool. There's a lot of dragons running around. Yeah, uh, part of like there's more dragons than steel and fairy types running around, which is really weird. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I have a feeling that's going to be something that uh, we're going to see adaptations to. You've gone but blurry. Who knows? Carter's blurry. Oh, there you go. You fixed it. Yay! He's no longer I'm blurry. not touching it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Grimstall's so freaking good this generation. <laughs> Grimstall's been good since... was good last generation. You're just salty. Just because you're right doesn't mean you have to say it. <laughs> um, but what what does what does all of this uh, open team sheets mean for just, like, the game as a whole? Overall, I think it's all beneficial things. Mm-hmm. There are some downsides. Um, open team sheets, it is more legwork. It is more things you have to keep track of. If you mess up on your open team sheet, you could get in trouble. That could result in a game loss. Um, but I think overall, it puts more responsibility of the player to make sure that they got their things right, which is a good thing. Um, let Making it, going back to if you're handwriting these or typing these, it puts more responsibility on you rather than RK9 making a mistake on their thing. Because I, I have heard horror stories while I was at Indy of people inputting their teams on the on the online team sheet. And then because of the way the autofill works, it clicks the wrong thing. Because mm -hmm. Thunderbolt and Thunderwave and Thunder are all pretty close together. And so if you didn't type out Thunder Wave, you might have hit Thunderbolt or Thunder or other things like that. Yeah, this is you're going to have to be careful regardless of how you do this um, and just like be aware that this is a thing that people may screw up. And if they do, I'm sorry in advance. Like, 
the thing is, is now if they screw up, it's their fault. It's not Correct. RK9's fault. It's not computer error. It's user error. Yep. Which is a big is a big thing because that was a, a big complaint, I think, going to the automated team sheet. It's just like, well, RK9's system isn't quite up to snuff yet because it's a rushed system. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we if we go back to these handwritten sheets, I don't mind it. Uh, my problem is is people's handwriting sucks. <laughs> Agreed. Like I know personally, I will always type out my team sheets. I will download the file, I will open it in Google Drive, and I will type in everything I need to type in. We are gonna make sure everything looks as perfect and as like as good as it possibly can. Yep. Um. So I think overall, like, there's more. We'll get more into the the why it's good, but like from just like the base standpoint of this is how RK9 used to function and this is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. It, it all still tracks the same. You still have to input your team to the judges. You still have to get your team checked before you go and play. Um, I don't think there's a battle box locking in this game. As of right now, I haven't seen it. Which, to be fair, we haven't had a reason to have a locked battle box yet. Well, so usually like, that's still something that's you you will find it in the game. That's true. Like, if there's no live competitions thing like Sword and Shield had, mm-hmm. then there's no way to lock your battle box. You just link up and play via offline. Like, you just link yep. up offline and play against each other. Yep. Which, if you go through the rules, I think that's what we're leaning towards. Yeah, most likely. I could definitely see it. Um, Because when you go to... uh team lists and it starts talking about it um they talk about like mentioning it's just like when you sit down you should share link codes and talk about that share your team sheet with your opponent and do all that stuff and a lot of the times like figuring out a link code isn't part of the process the organizer already has that for you which i'm sure what they mean by that is hey uh put in this link code that you need to like, I have a feeling that's probably what it is, but you never know. Um, my other big worry is just, like, translating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to just have to call a judge every time I get someone who isn't playing in English. Because I don't, I can't read anything outside of English in terms of Pokemon anyway. <laughs> yep, agreed. Um, and... So that's another whole mess. I know for things like NAIC, an English-only option will always be available. Mm-hmm. But um, regionals have that same thing, right? Like, people travel to regionals, too, to get CP. Like, yeah, they're region- they, As much as they think regionals are, like, nation-locked, they're not. That's just not a thing anymore. For sure. For um, sure. And so... If regionals also are forced to do, like, English-only page, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But I feel like how they handle open team sheets for the foreseeable future um, will make or break if this is a good thing or not. Yep, 100%. 100%. 
Um, there was also a couple other different rules that were updated here. Do you want to you wanna go into those? And yes, talk about because them? these are actually the ones I'm most excited about. <laughs> Open team sheets is cool and all, but I am very excited for match resolution and fixing a lot of the issues that Sword and Shield had. And because... I think I think this is something that predates Sword and Shield as well. Um, but like, I'm glad to see that this is finally being fixed. Well, Sword and Shield didn't really have the issues of getting disconnected because your switch fell out of the dock or the dock that got turned the, off. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm excited about because before it was just your DS or your Game Boy and it was fine. Yep. But nowadays, like with the switch and the whole incident at Worlds, where the dock got disconnected and because they were a land that means you lose that game is terrible agreed um, and so i imagine how they how they will resolve things now especially when the case of like a double game freeze is where they um are talking about this specifically mm-hmm. um they 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 explain hey this is the protocols for this situation and can be applied this way as such to other things like, especially for, like, our grassroots events, which are all online, we can take their double game freeze and we can apply that to, hey, you guys had a server error. That happens. How many Pokemon did you both have? That way we can figure out, oh, if you're both four and if you both had four Pokemon left, restart. Brand new game. Yep. If you guys were four and three or four and two, we'll just call that one a draw. Move on to game two. Because in those instances, the games aren't aren't deterministic. And I'm not yeah. I'm not saying a player can't make a, a comeback from a you know a four one. Like I've done yeah, it. We're, we're not done saying it. that's We've... a, a poss- like it's a possibility, but it's very unlikely most of the time. Things need to go right for you and things need to go wrong for your opponent. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, things like a a four one and a three one are the only instances, uh, where this is a like there is a deterministic advantage. Is what is what there's. It's the way they're describing a strong advantage. Uh, Correct. Strong advantage is used a lot in the rules. Uh, between it's also used in the sudden death scenario. Which is also new, correct? Yes, uh, because in one of the situations at Worlds, they got into a Wonder Guard P2 versus a Wonder Guard P2 event. Three I times. thought they purposely made it where um, P2, like, download, I mean, uh, Trace couldn't copy Wonder no, Guard. No, Trace copies Wonder Guard. It always has and huh. always will be able to. Okay, I mean, that shows what I know. Um, and so at Worlds, they the two players that got paired against each other had set it up specifically so that they would both have P2 Wonderguard. They specifically drew the games out all three times. And now we have a, hey, this is how this is going to work if you draw games out on, intentionally. Mm-hmm. So sudden death, the way it's going to work, um, you you will start a fourth game because I believe the only way you get the sudden death is if you tie tie tie. Uh, no, you get it if there is like win loss tie yeah. or uh, tie tie tie. Yes, but if there's if if it is like 
tie win law like if it's tie win tie there is still a winner yeah like if, if there's a game point to someone's advantage you will not go into sudden death but if mm-hmm. it is zero zero or one one you and you, the last game is a tie or whatever you'll go into your this fourth game where you will go turn by turn playing the match out and judges will determine at the end of each turn is there someone that has a strong advantage Yes, mm-hmm. game is over. No, Correct. play the next turn. And, and you do this until there is someone who has an advantage in Pokemon. Yeah. It is not a overwhelming advantage. It is a single advantage in Pokemon. Yeah. If everyone has the same number, you keep going. Um, if one player ends up... Ha- if someone got a KO, that player... Win- who player got the KO wins the game. Simple as that. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty pretty straightforward. Yep. So so in those situations, it's a four three or a three two or a two one. Like those, if those situations get to that point at the end of turns, mm-hmm. then that's your win scenarios. Uh, three and three, the game keeps going. It keeps two going. Two and two, yep. you still keep playing. Um, Player has to have an advantage in Pokemon. Yeah. That's the only way to end it early, which I think is a good thing. That, that's that's a good way to describe it. It's just like, you have to get a knockout and your opponent doesn't. I I fully agree. Um, and like we said, this this will be great for like grassroot events like ours, because as we did the entire like LRL player draft last season, this last year, uh, making up the rules for the decisions of how to determine... If a disconnect happened, how to determine if this happened was a pain in the we butt. We have set rules now. Yep. <laughs> now we have, we have official rules, to go rules that of. we can just yep. like, hey, we're going to use this in the case of a double DC. Or, yep, or just in a DC in case in general. Like, it applies both ways. 100%. And that's, that's what's great about this is Yo, we, we have deterministic rules now. Yeah. Um... They also ha- updated their rules about uh, manipulated Pokemon and el- how to report illegal Pokemon and things like that. Um, they've also made updates to what defines as illegal Pokemon. There were big changes to that as well. Um, if I can find it here. Because the, of the whole in DD with Trick Room situation that we have in Scarlet and Violet, it is considered legal for all intents and purposes through this game. Mm-hmm. Because it is it is an obtainable game through normal gameplay means. Yeah. Which a lot of people have asked about that and are just like, until until you know TPCI uh, steps in and says, hey, this is incorrect, we're going to patch this, it's legal. And this is their way of saying yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which sorry, I'm shrug also emoji. interested in when and if we get home. If mm-hmm. a lowland meowth and a lowland Persian will have Pokedex numbers. Um, they are meowth is in the Pokedex. Meowth correct? is in the Pokedex. Persian is not correct. Persian also is in the Pokedex. Galarian, oh, Persian is Galarian Meowth and uh, Perserker doesn't have Perserker doesn't have a Pokedex number. Oh, but Meowth oh. does. 
The reason why I'm asking is if Meowth has a Pokedex number and Purge has a Pokedex number, but Perserker doesn't, will Alolan Meowth and Alolan Persian be legal when Home comes on? Mm -hmm. Because according to the rules, any regional form that meets the criteria of a legal Pokemon for this generation will be viable for play. Mm -hmm. Which Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm not sure. Alolan Diglett, um, Alolan Persian usually normally have the same dex number as the Cantonian forms. Mm -hmm. And so if we get home, which it even says in their legal terms... Um, Players may use Pokemon with the following Pokedex numbers, which is 1 to 375 and then 388 to 392. I'm um, assuming that that section in between is the Paradox Pokemon? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's the Paradox ones. Um, and what happens is, through their rules, players may use Pokemon which were obtained in Scarlet and Violet or were imported via home. Mm-hmm. When when it or or were received in an official event or distribution that the official event distribution thing that's probably talking about like the Sinistry that you got at World yes and things yes. like that, um, and so that really brings up the question of are the Alolan forms if they're transferable via home are they going to be allowed for VGC when that happens? Mm -hmm. Because if we get home compatibility in January which it sounds like a very real possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll still be in the middle of series one. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm fine with however this plays out, to be honest with you. By, if they by give us all, new Pokemon, cool. If not, whatever. By everything I'm reading through the rules, and I, like, I'm trying to re do my best to read between the lines because that's mm -hmm. a lot of how these things work. They're going to be legal. As long as they have the same Pokedex number or come up with a Pokedex number, They'll be legal. Yep. And I'm fine with that. That seems perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Which, Alolan Persian is really, really cool. I think Alolan Persian's going to be really cool in this format, especially if you can I Terra. agree. I agree. Um, Fur Coat's a very good ability, and it has really good moves. It has a real good defense stat with Fur Coat, and you can Terra into something that has a really good like typing and just be a nuisance. Yep. Agreed. Um, and so yeah I, I think these these changes are good um, people were getting excited that uh, like oh they're making it so jetting is fine no they're not <laughs> that's no. not what this means no, there's, there was a specific spot in the rules that someone had found and like had snapshot and it's just like jetting's getting gonna get uh, closer to being viable and I'm like no you need to zoom out and read the whole context of the rule. <laughs> yep. Like, that's that's not what this is saying. Um, was there a change to game time? Wasn't game time 15 minutes? Or has it always been 20? Uh, it's always been 20, right? I don't know. 20 sounds correct. I don't ever see don't... a game go past 15 because you only have 7 minutes of your time. <laughs> Yeah, but your time only ticks down when you are in control of, like, doing something. Yeah, but, like, I don't ever see a game go past 15 or 16 most of the time. Correct. Like, Correct. usually someone's in trouble by that point, and so they're clicking real fast. And so, I don't know. I don't ever, yep. like, I just don't count time that way. But yep, I don't know. 
but yeah there's there's a lot of good rule changes um i'm excited for what's going on here i agree i think these are all really cool i'm i'm a fan of all these changes um like i i think i think there's a lot of people who are like very anti uh team sheets and like understandably so there's a there's a lot of changes that are happening very quickly because of this um but i i think they're fine man I, I think this is a very good change, and I think people are kind of overreacting to this when it comes to that, but what do I know? Part of our response is, it's just like, we lived through this. We watched Magic do the same thing. Yep. Like, Magic, Magic the Gathering was on its way through transitioning as we were getting out of the game competitively, and yep. they're probably the best litmus test of your competitive format is going to be fine with all known information. Yep. Like you get to make more informed decisions, which be, which leads to better, to better games. hundred percent. Full like, agree. You there, there, it reduces the, the variance in total of, well, I lost the lead. So I lose the game. Mm -hmm. Like it's still, you still have to pick good leads. You still have to play strong stuff. But if you know that, hey, this Grimmsnarl has fake out, so it's very likely to be on the lead, you can play around that. Or, hey, 100%. this Pokemon has Covert Cloak. I know not to fake that out and make that mistake. 100%. Like, it creates less just, like, automatic losses It creates in game less feel-bads. Yeah. yeah. It creates less feel-bad moments. It creates less uh, just, like, I automatically lose this game because I made a mistake on turn one. Yep. But at the same time, the, the counter-argument there is it takes away my idea of being able to make a read. Not necessarily. No, it, 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 the argument there is, like, it eliminates those ideas by giving you additional information. Yeah. Like, um, you now all have more information to make, to make other decisions. You get to make more in well-informed decisions. Correct, correct. People have, I've been seeing, like, the whole flowcharting complaint, and that is a viable thing, but as these teams start to, like, flesh out, you're not going to ever really be able to flowchart it 100%, because your opponent gets to do the same thing to you. Mm-hmm. It's not... It, the flow charting aspect comes in terms of practicing. We he, we like if you go and watch one of Wolfie's videos, because he has that inside info on what they're playing, what his opponent's playing. He gets the flow chart. And he gets to practice against that. And he gets to figure out how to beat it in certain situations. Both yep, players get to do that now. You can you can flow chart in practice anyway because as someone who's going into this like there's going to be established metas. There's going to be an established team that does well or an established core that you really need to focus on beating because that's just how Pokemon is. Yep. It's like, 100%. like an open team sheet's not going to change what people are bringing a lot of the time. It yep. might change items, but a good Pokemon is still a good Pokemon regardless of open team sheet or not. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. Discord's sitting here yelling at me. I got pings well, why in my is it, ears. Why is it yelling at you? Oh. Someone's pinging in the in the actual server. Gotcha. This shameless Discord plug. Come hang out with us. For sure. So you can get pinged forever, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think open team sheets overall, it's going to be change. some growing pains. Because it's a new thing. 
Um, but overall, if they stick with open team sheets, especially through the like Scarlet and Violet's life cycle, it's going to be better for the game overall. Yep, 100%. Uh, ow. My throat hurts. <laughs> You're fine. Sitting here talking all this. Okay. So I guess... Um, I feel like we covered a lot of this. Do you want to get into some of the, the questions that yeah. our viewers themselves have about this? Yeah, we will try our best to answer these as best we can. So let's see. Let me pull those up. You know, we have we have a couple of very specific ones I want to get to. So and we and we can touch on a couple other ones. We got time. Yep, for sure, for sure. So let's see. Question number one. I really want to touch on comes to us. Uh, this is a two part question that comes to us from Aaron. Uh, I am concerned about. Oh wait, no, no. Uh, what exactly is going to be quote open about the open team sheets? When does the player get this information? So, so that's part one. So from from what we read in the rules, you will provide your team sheet to your opponent at the start of the match. When you mm -hmm. sit down, get to your table pairings or whatever, you will have your team sheet with you at all times. You will give it to your opponent for them to look over. Um. From the way I'm reading it, I believe they have a hold of this for the entire time of the match, which you have theirs. It's all free information. Go for it. Um, I know, speaking from experience for, like, magic and stuff, they will take those away when the game starts, but then give them back to you when the, before the next game starts. So you can look yep. back and forth at them, but it's, it's frowned upon to have it just looking at it while you're playing your game. Yes. Um... um and to answer what's open about them, this is to allow you to know the moves, ability, terra type, and items that your opponent has. You're obviously going to be able to see what Pokemon they have and make inferences from that. Mm -hmm. But having it all there on the page will make it a nice little, nice little concise thing that you can plan ahead, like start thinking about instead of waiting for team preview and only have a minute and a half to think about it. Yeah, so I'm assuming this is given to you at the start of the round. Um, players, you know, the judge will then be like, hey, uh, time has started now. Go ahead and connect with your opponent. Yep. And at that point, like, I'm assuming this is going to be, this is, it feels like this is supposed to, like, eliminate, like, the need for, like, a notebook and everything for you to keep track of everything. I would I'm say still going to bring mine. Part, I'm still, I would say still bring it because there's certain things you'll like, want to write down. Like, like, hey, this move Oko's this Pokemon. Or, counteractively, my Bax Calibur outspeeds their Hydreigon. This is something that um, actually came up while I was laddering yesterday. It's just like, oh, Hydreigon has a base speed that's higher than my, my Bax Calibur. There's a chance that like I just get outsped and I get one shot here. Because, but because they are a uh, Tailwind-oriented team, they didn't have as much speed investment, so I was able to outspeed them because Tailwind wasn't up. Correct. Yeah. So like those those are interactions that you can keep track of as well. Just like yeah. you know, uh, you know, just speed tiers and making sure that like you you're able to keep track of things because you don't have access to their stats. Yeah, you don't have access to how many EVs this Pokemon has or anything like that. Correct. Um, because those are like truly open uh, team sheets and like that's not what we're getting at this yeah. point. Yeah, you you won't have natures. You won't have any EVs or stats. 
Um, that is all going to remain hidden, and that will be... You, you will still put it in when you give your team sheet to the judge, because they need that information to mm -hmm. confirm that your Pokemon is viable and legal. Um, but your opponent will not have that information ever. So, yep, that's why you still want to write stuff down. You, you won't need um, a big old memo pad. You probably just need a little little notebook now. So then, uh, part two of this question that comes from him. Additionally, what do you think this means for a metagame that usually resolves, uh, revolves around closed information? Um, so, that's a tougher question to answer. Because it... The argument there is it eliminates a lot of these, like, gimmicks that people run and, like, can get... You can get people with this gimmick on, you know, game one because it's not known information. I will, um, I will tell you... I will interrupt you right now for the first time. If you are relying on your gimmick to win a game because they don't need to... If, they, if you win the game because they didn't know about it, that's not going to help you win game two or game the three. The series. Correct. In, in like a, that's that's good for best of ones. Yes, like but for your, best your of threes, that is less than is not yep. a best of three team. Most Correct. of the time. Correct. It, like if you are relying on this hidden gimmick, this gotcha moment to win your games, that's a that's a very big like hole that you're walk, working yourself into, and it'll make you a worse player overall because you're really reliant on that surprise factor instead of. Mm -hmm noticing patterns, noticing strategies, and playing the game that way. Agreed. So, what this means for that is, you're going to still have people who, you know, you're, you're... Knowing the information is there doesn't mean that it's still not, like, accessible to your opponent. It is just adds another layer of needing to constantly be aware of this. So, the, the biggest thing about this is stuff like Ally Switch and Sword and Shield was, man... I got got game one, and then from there forward, the rest of the series, I had to play around it. Now you just had to play around it. You, there's that yeah. get got moment doesn't happen. Yeah, the the like we mentioned earlier, the the feel bad moment of making that big turn one mistake is gone. Yeah, you the, know about it, but you still have to respect it. Like uh, you still perfect can't... example. I talk about this story all the time in Collinsville. I played against Jellicent, and I wasn't aware that Jellicent had Trick Room. That doesn't happen now. Yeah. Like, that lack of information is eliminated, and therefore you, you're you able to make a game plan according to what's going on beforehand. Correct. It, it really makes a big difference, and there's it helps players who are better informed and, like, process information better that they're going to be able to really benefit from this. Correct. Like, very high-skilled players who do well with more information are going to do better in this format than the players who are bringing some secret tech to try and catch somebody off guard. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to catch them off guard anymore, right? And you you're going to be able to do your thing, but it's going to come down to more of a... I know that they can do this. The question is, do they do this? It's the, it's the next leveling. It's just like, I know you have ally switch. Well, I'm not going to click ally switch because I clicked ally. You clicked because I clicked the last turn and you're expecting me to click it again. But then it's the mind games of that. That's still going to be in play. 
the, the another like interesting part of this is like so take for example um in uh Ultra Sun Ultra Moon in like that era Sun and Moon era um I believe it was Wolf who made top cuts like multiple top cuts playing max speed trick room mimic you. Mhm. When you see Trick Room on a Mimikyu, you can assume that it's not going to be fast. Yeah. You can assume it is meant to play under Trick Room, right? If that's what, like, if the team looks like it is built for that, that is something you can be aware of. Exactly. So, as a result, it gives you that presumption of the speed of this Pokemon because of that move, right? So, as a result, you can still get people... By playing a faster version of that Pokemon. Yeah. Something something that really, like, resonates to me about that, like, is, like, Armor Rouge. Armor Rouge is a perfect example of this. Correct. Very it, much so. It can, it can play under Tailwind. Like, this, this team that um, Wolfie played in the Limitless Tour has Tailwind Hydreigon and Trick Room Armor Rouge. So, like, what what's the play, you know? If if I lead both of these, what form of speed control am I going for? Yeah. If I lead, you know, Miascarada plus Armor Rouge, and I U-turn plus Trick Room, then well, suddenly you're under a lot of pressure with your your Tailwind going up. Right. Because like you're not gonna expect my Miascarada on my Trick Room team, right? But because you went for Tailwind to outspeed me, my Trick Room is now able to be the best form of speed control there is. Yeah. So like. I can still be a fast Pokemon and have these countermeasures to what's going on. Yep. So this this is a really interesting piece of, of tech that like I think is going to become more common in something like this. Is just really tweaking your EVs to be the best they can be based on the situation. Yeah. Uh that's where you'll see start to see a lot of the team building uniqueness come into play here. Is this like Someone's going to have the 252 max speed armor rouge that's going to run people down under Tailwind. People are going to have the zero speed minus nature trick room version that they're going to do stuff and everything in between. Like, yeah, perfect example. I've I've been playing Wolf's team the last couple of days. Um, I've I've made a couple of minor tweaks because like I don't know EVs or anything, but like I'm neutral speed armor rouge with trick room. But that's fine because I have access to Tailwind on my team as well. Yeah. So, like, I can play both modes of this team with the single Pokemon. It's really cool. This team's actually a lot of fun. Uh, I I would really be interested in if uh, this has a rental code out for it to play it. But I, I have not seen one yet. Yeah, I haven't seen one yet printed either. I hope that answers your questions, Aaron. So then there is another question here from, from Kamikaze, kind of in that like same vein. It says, uh, I am concerned about open team sheets leading to a lack of creativity in a very centralized meta. While it's impossible to tell whether this or will not happen, what do you think the impact of open team sheets will be on, quote, outside the box, unquote, teams we've seen have some success in the past? So we talked about this a little bit too. Uh, we mentioned that like if you're if you're really reliant on your opponent not knowing your gimmick to win the game, how are you expecting yourself to win game two and three when your opponent sees the gimmick, right? Um, and that's not to say that like outside the box teams aren't going to do well. Um, 
it's going to come down to more of the Pokemon itself doing well rather than this sneaky gimmick that you had information for. Um, what really makes me think about that is the whole... When we saw it in Collinsville and, like, going from Dallas to Collinsville, when we, when we got on the Durant hype train, mm -hmm. we we had saw it, like, we saw it a little bit in Dallas, and we were like, oh, we're going to get on this Durant thing. It looks really good. It's really, really powerful. It's really great. We'll go to Collinsville in the next couple weeks. People have already adapted to it. Correct. Like, that's, that's what Pokemon is. Pokemon is not a very central standard kind of thing. A lot of the time, um, teams ebb and flow, and they kind of change and shift, and what was good at one event may not be good a week later. We're seeing that already, which is a perfect example. Goldengo is not good on these hyper-offensive teams anymore because it did well an event and put itself on the radar. Like, less than a week after that event, we are already in the situation of Goldengo's not even being played half the time on these hyper-offensive teams anymore. Yep. Uh they've they've adapted to play other special attacking threats alongside their Hydreigon. And so I think overall you'll still be able to build outside the box, play certain Pokemon, and do things with them. Just don't be so reliant on I have to do this thing that sets up like three turns, my opponent's not gonna know what hit him, kind of thing. That that's that's over. That's never going to happen. It's really hard to do that to begin with in most competitive VGC environments because you're just going to get hit <laughs> most of the time anyway. Uh, I don't know who it was. Was it Slacking was talking about trying to do this weird setup where you could like get Oracorio in <laughs> and get double Quiver Dance or something off? And it was like this three part movement thing ended up with like Oracorio and like something else on the field and you've Volcarona got most likely. Dancer. This no, is... it was Pavilion. Oh, Because gotcha. Pavilion has Friend Guard, Tailwind, and Quiver. Plus, Dance. gotcha. Um, I know he did that in uh, Sun and Moon with Volcarona Fiery Dance and Quiver Dance. Like... And then you have Revelation Dance as well. Yeah. Um, I saw a clip, speaking of that, I saw a clip on Twitter the other day of someone playing uh, Graphii plus Slaking into Oracorio Volcarona, and we doodled the dancer. Oh, God. <laughs> so much dancing. All the dancing. Everywhere. It was so Everyone's funny, dancing. man. Just This turn is four fiery dances plus the other moves. <laughs> I love it. It was so I need, funny, man. That is, that is peak VGC. I need more of that. Oh yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I just I think you'll be able to keep your unique teams, your unique Pokemon. Uh, that's that's not going away. Like it's yeah, just, for sure, for sure. Like, when you find a Pokemon's niche and figure out what it does, you can build around that, and it'll still be a functional team. You're just not yep. going to catch anybody off guard with your four-turn setup to get Wonder Guard, save, uh, like, the whole Sheninja thing, where you're trying to get Wonder Guard on a burn-up bond mm -hmm. and make an invincible Pokemon. They're going to see that coming. They're going to know that that's your game plan, and you're not going to be able to do that anymore. 
that's kind of what this stops. It doesn't really stop the, I want to play with this Pokemon, but I can't do that because my opponent's going to know about it. It's not going to stop anybody. Yep. But I, I think it's fine. I, I think that, like, if you're dead set on doing a gimmick, you can do it, man. It'll be fine. But... It's just got to be this, a really strong gimmick. You you need a really good backup plan to make it yep. make it work. Yep. But yeah, it'll be fine. Anything else? Any other questions? Um, catch your mind? Those those were the big ones, and I don't have it open anymore. <laughs> of course you don't. Look, man. Don't yell at me. <laughs> I'm fragile. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I do not have it open anymore. Oops. Good job, Wait, Carter. Maybe? Maybe? Oh. oh. I do! I'm Hooray. so smart. Um, those those were the big ones. There's, there is one more here. Um, just just to kind of touch on things, I know we've had a lot of new players come into, into the server the last week or so, the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Um, will Series 1 be all VGC 2023 live events? Most likely, no. I, I feel like if that was the case, um, I believe it even says in the rules that, like, if the series changes mid-weekend, um, there's, like, an instance for that. And that's what happened in Collinsville is yeah. uh, Series 2 was day 1, Series 3 was day 2 or whatever. Um, but for the actual main event, the series that was played on day 1 is the series that's played over the course of the weekend. Um, most likely, we will see rotating formats I can't imagine that they they put an end date for series one and not have them like expected to continue like it, it continue advancing on that. Yeah, um, we know that on our ranked ladder, series one ends at the end of January. I would mm-hmm. imagine for the official live events, that's going to follow suit. They don't have mm-hmm. it listed here, but they did list when it starts, which is January second. Um, so it's probably going to be, I would say this is like a one month series. They know that December is used to get our feet wet. We go back to live events in January by about the mid January. I would expect home integration to start coming. Maybe Mm -hmm. come maybe in February. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what series two is as we go forward with that. Yep. hundred percent. And then... Uh, a couple more here. What home bonds are going to be legal? As of now, we don't officially know. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that anything that has a form based on a Pokemon already in the Paldean Pokedex are going to be legal at some point. Um, they could also, like, uh, you know, change that to also be like, hey, Charizard's in this game. Uh, clearly, Charizard's going to be legal at some point. And also, you know... If Charizard's legal, why not end in the other Kanto starters as well? But like, this is all just speculation. Um, the it, big it thing right now is. It goes back to the is... question I asked earlier about the Alolan Persian thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know exactly how that's going to work because we don't know how they're going to number these things. Correct. But if Alolan, if like if Alolan Meowth and Alolan Persian share a Pokedex number with Meowth and Persian, they fit all the qualifications of what yep. a legal Pokemon is for this event. Yep, and so, 100%. the world is your oyster. 
um if it doesn't like for right now like if it's not numbered one through 375 or 388 through 392 wouldn't worry about tough it. tough luck tough luck buttercup yep, yep. wouldn't worry about it <laughs> if it doesn't have a whole if it doesn't have a paradox if it's a paradox pokemon right now wouldn't worry about it yep 100 percent uh if it doesn't have a pokedex number wouldn't worry about it man i wish they had put that rule in for a sword and shield holy crap <laughs> yep we wouldn't have had incineroar be a problem we wouldn't have had um like half the legendaries would have been out they just would have been hey here's the stuff for your collection they're not legal yep <laughs> but here's the stuff for your collection oh oh man You're i like, wish man, they'd that's done that for that's us. really unfortunate oh well i wish they'd done that for sword and shield actually like legitimately i yeah. wish i think that would have been great yep agreed we went we it feels like sword and shield got power crept so fast at crown at the crown tundra release yep agreed um but, um oh i should specify then... that terrestrializing is permitted for series one <laughs> yes because that is something that they could turn off just as easily <laughs> um what's the lrl tech for san diego when is san diego san diego i believe is the first vgc event of the year should be like the second weekend in January, I think. Uh, do, 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 do. Looking now. January 7th through 8th. Uh, so at the, this point, the format has, you know, another month to develop before San Diego. So, like, ask again in like two weeks. <laughs> um, early predictions are that it'll probably be some kind of hyper offensive core with uh hydragon hydragon is proving to be one of these very strong very powerful uh terrestrialization targets um that it just gets better as open team sheets start to happen that's something we didn't even touch on is it's like certain pokemon become much better in open team sheet formats mm -hmm. things with like four times weaknesses are going to be so much better even if they don't terrestrialize because you know your opponent has an answer or doesn't have an answer like that's another big thing so certain pokemon are going to skyrocket in usage yep 100 could be a good thing or a bad thing yep 100 percent. Um, this this might be something we like open up for the foreseeable future like just having uh like this open line of communication of like questions from the the audience yeah this is fun i, I, I like think this, this is really good i i really like this and like it might be something we put out uh, Mondays when we put out the the podcast. Who knows? We'll figure something out. Yep. Um, anything else you want to touch on when it comes to rules and stuff, man? Nope. I think I've talked myself out of it. I, I I have I've talked myself to death. I don't think I can actually like. I, I speaking words is pain right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I going into this, I'm just like. Well, Carl has a lot to say about this, so I'm going to let him talk. And then you're like, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I am in pain. Um, so I would say that brings us to Team of the Week, right? Yeah, we can we can cover Team of the Week here um, if I can get it pulled up. Uh, I already have it pulled up for all of our lovely viewers at home. Um, you played Dondozo this week. The Big Dozo. Yeah, it existed. What happened? I don't know, man. It just, it felt like every team I tried to do Dozo things against, people were ready for it. And that's part of it. Like, I feel like 
that we mentioned earlier like in the show that hey the format is very fluid things are adapted mm-hmm. to fairly quickly and things change and dondozo tatsugiri was like pre-series one <laughs> was was ruining people's days pre-series one and it just so happens that things like murkrow and amoongus kind of got popular as ways to just like remove your stat boost or some pokemon just don't care <laughs> so what's really interesting is the the like the amount of redirection there is in this format allows for there to be a pretty consistent amount of like setup as well which makes haze just naturally better yeah so like when haze is good this th- this idea of like having a huge super setup mon isn't good yeah and that's that's just kind of the downside of this is like Yes, it's a very cool idea and concept, but in practice, you just get... You're fighting a 2v1, and that's really hard to do. And, like, then Dondozo goes down, and Tatsugiri's left on the field by itself and takes a hit for no reason. Like, it's tough. Um, I will say this core of, like, Armor Rouge, Hydreigon, Meowskarada feels really cool because, like, that's that's still on the, the team that, like, been playing here lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylveon felt absurd. Sylveon just feels very, very good in this format. Can you can you answer a question for me? I might be able to. Did Yawn previously trigger Throat Spray? Nope. It didn't? Okay. Like, I thought for some reason it did, and so, like, when it didn't happen in the video, I'm just like, hmm... That feels incorrect. Uh, it's because for... Yawn is not a sound-based move. So does Snarl trigger Throat Spray? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Throat Whatever, Spray man. is triggered by all sound-based moves, regardless of what they are. Um, so sometimes it's like Snarl, sometimes there's like Hyper Voice, uh, there's Liquid Aria, there's, um... So anything that gets triggered by Liquid Voice is also triggered by Throat Spray. Anything that gets triggered by Liquid Voice or passes through Substitute. (sighs) Dumb. Torch Song is triggered by Throat Spray. That one I did know. That's the new one that in this one, game. That one so I did know. That, that, that's why it's just like that's why it's in prevalent is because it's like that's the one that got added. Yep, and it's it's still very good as well. Yeah, throat spray is a throat spray is a cool item, and until we get Pixie Plate back, that's what Sylveon's going to be carrying for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I've played against a lot of like calm mind lefties Sylveon as well, and that one I don't think is as good, but you know whatever. Calm mind's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, the dawn felt it, it existed. <laughs> that's that's about the best thing I can say about it is it it tried its best, man. Fun fact: playing two v one is still really hard in Pokemon. Yep, who knew? Who would have ever guessed? It's really hard to try to do your thing when you're a two v one. I think Armor Rouge is really cool. I like it as a Pokemon. I agree. Um. Like, it has really cool, like, move pool, and it's got access to really cool stuff. I see it a lot with Ndidi, because it has Expanding Force. Yep. It's it's one of the only Pokemon that has access to Expanding Force, correctly? Yeah. Uh, Ndidi lost access to it. I'm pretty sure. I don't think Hatterene has access to it anymore, either. 
It's actually the only Pokemon that yeah. has it. So it's really, really unique in this format that, hey, Expanding Force is only on Armor Rouge instead of being this tutor move. And so now it, like, really limits what works with Psychic Terrain rather than kind of Indeedee being this catch-all support Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That and Dark Types are really, really, really good. <laughs> yep, agreed. When... You see a lot of Dark Types, you see a lot of Dragons right now. Yep. And then sometimes you see them both together. <laughs> like Hydreigon! <laughs> um, yep. I think I think Hydreigon's like currently my frontrunner for best Pokemon in the current format. It's really cool, man. It, it's it really, does really cool. so much so well. Like, mm -hmm. it's a very strong special attacker. It has access to Tailwind now. Um, you essentially can, like, eliminate a lot of your weaknesses because you can Terra. Like, I don't... There's not a downside to this thing. Agreed. Big um, agree. So, after playing with Meow Scrata, do you still like uh, Skeledurge or... Yes. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> there's, there's no other way to say it. The Dirge is still my favorite Pokemon this generation. Good answer. It's, it's really good, man. There's no other way to say it. It's really good. Okay. Oh, I didn't know Population Bomb triggers rough skin on every hit. That's ooh. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> I, I, I know people have found that out the hard way, and I'm Mouse sorry. Hard, stop. <laughs> You playing Showdown over there? No. <laughs> Chat, he's over here playing Showdown, not paying attention. I'm paying attention, mostly. Mostly. I just traded my mouse hold for a Garchomp. <laughs> I don't know if that's worth it. So that brings us to our other little segment of the day. Yeah, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Guess that mystery mod. Yeah, for sure. This has been a super fun segment. Um, we have it uploaded on um, YouTube as a short. We also have it uploaded on our TikTok channel, which is super awesome. I'm very excited to uh, to have that up and running as well. Uh, it's been fun. It's It's been really cool to have this going. So, um... We should get into last week's and then get into this week's, I guess. Should we should we go back over the, the criteria from last week? Yeah. So, uh, last week we had... Uh, it was a Gen 9 Pokemon. It learned Trick Room via TM. Mm -hmm. And it uh, its typing had only been seen once before. Uh, so, what that means is we had exactly one Pokemon when it narrowed it down. Um, we have... So there was a lot of really, really great guesses. Uh, Armor Rouge came up quite a bit. Yeah. But people either forgot... Um, Delphox? Yes. Delphox? Yes. And or Victini. Victini. A lot of people forgot Victini because yeah. it's a mythical, you never see it. And, like, on top of that... Uh, Del Fox hasn't been in a game for three years. So, like, there's a lot of people who forgot that as well. Yeah. Um, then another one I saw a lot was, like, Cerulege, which, in that same vein, um, doesn't meet the criteria of being only one Pokemon of this type. And then another one that came up that I didn't actually think about was Rabska. 
Yes. Rapska is another one that uh, was very, very close to... It's uh, very close, but I'm not giving it because there's <laughs> technically two Pokemon that share its type. Yes. Orbeetle and Dotler. Yeah. Which, like I said, is absurdly close, but this one only has one other Pokemon, being Torterra, meaning Toadscrawl is the Pokemon from last week. Yep. Like I said, very, very close on a lot of these. Yes. There, there is. This is what makes this fun, is because we're trying to be as vague as possible. And While so, also narrowing it down as much as possible. Yeah, like, and so we have to find these really unique niche things about certain Pokemon. That's great. Correct, correct. So, that being said, that brings us to uh, this week's, which, once again, we have three hints. Um, hint number one, uh, this Pokemon is able to learn Tailwind for the first time ever this generation. Hint number two. It's one of two Pokemon with this same type combination, one of which is flying. And hint number three, this Pokemon's level up moveset is smaller than Magikarp's. That should give it away right there. Th th that one hopefully is enough to be like, oh yeah, that's, that's really unique. Yeah, that one should give it away right there. For sure, for sure. That is probably the, the most unique thing about this Pokemon. I mean, the other two are very cool as well, yes. but um, but for sure that uh, that last one is like the end all there. So yeah. I'm interested in seeing everyone's guesses down in the comments below. Uh, uh, if you're not listening on any of the like video versions that you know you can have comments on, make sure you go and go on over to YouTube and do all that stuff as well. Yeah, you can go check out the YouTube short. You can go check out the TikTok. You can find it here on the podcast video that's on YouTube. Or on I'm the hoping, video. Whatever. I'm hoping to uh, have the YouTube short up a little quicker this next week. Um, but yeah, we'll figure it out. We ran into some technical difficulties. It, it, it Yeah. <laughs> I had to come step in. Carter tried his best. And I, I really like did, man. I didn't like it. I knew Carl wouldn't like it. I... I knew I didn't like it. I'm like, there's this isn't up to the standard I want to set for us. And so and I came so I'm and like, fixed Carl, it. please help. <laughs> and he did, and it looks great. And uh, the the format is very very self explanatory, and is going to be able to help me out quite a bit. So yeah. does All that right. bring us to the end of the episode? I bring. Or we got that, more. I think that's the end of the episode. All right. So uh, as I try to not time out here, <laughs> um, that is. That's going to bring a wrap on 145. Um, as always, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Like, comment, and subscribe where possible, especially over on the YouTube channel. Uh, that's where you can get all of our stuff three, four, five times a week, depending on the week. And it really does help us out there. We're really um, close to 500 subs. We're really freaking close, man. We're We'd love to hit away. 500. 34. We'd love to hit 500. Um, past that... You can go ahead and uh, come and follow us over on like all the audio platforms, all that stuff as well. You can leave us a five-star review, all that good stuff. It really does help us out there. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you follow us over on Twitter at LR Lessons. Myself at Mr. Missouri 25. Carl's at Musical VGC. And from there, you can also follow us over on... Uh, you can come and follow us over on Twitch, which is at Mr. Missouri 25, Carl's at Musical Beat. Most of our live streams have switched over to uh, to 
uh, YouTube anyway. A lot yeah. of our main stuff is over on YouTube, so go and check us out there. That's where you can find a lot of our stuff. When we do go live, most of the time it'll yep. be there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then uh, go ahead and come hang out with us on our community Discord server. You can find that link down in the show notes as always. Um, and let's see, what else am I missing? Check us out on the website at lrlessons.com. While you're over there, you can go ahead and check out the merch page. It'll, you know, make us look be- make us look good, make you look good and all of our uh, fantastic gear and all that. And, you know, if you aren't interested in supporting us through merch, but, you know, really want to help us in some way, one or the other, you can go ahead and do that over on Anchor as well. For as little as 20 or 25 cents an episode, you can make us feel good and keep all of our lights on. So, yeah. I think that's everything. Yep. I think that's a wrap on How's your 145. Going? It, uh, I feel like it struggled there. A little bit. Did you win at <laughs> least? I, no, I died. Oh. <laughs> I, it was a pretty rough matchup, if you want me to be honest. My, womp, womp. my mouse hole didn't take a, a hydro pump in the rain, if you can believe it. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I do have some cool replays to post. So. Oh, there you go. It's a win-win. But I think that's it, everyone. Thank you so much, as always. And uh, we will see you next week with some more literary lessons. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.